Becoming a fitter person can be such a struggle, but managing what you eat can be even harder. Welcome back to the fifth episode of A Checkup on Healthcare. Hey everyone, it's your host Coldy, and I hope you're having an amazing day. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Checkup on Healthcare especially if you have been keeping up from the first episode. It makes me extremely happy and thankful to see even one person listening to this. Last episode, we looked into mental health, and this episode is pretty similar. But rather than discussing the entire issue, we're going to be looking at a solution. During this entire pandemic, it is very easy to become lazy and stick to the couch or bed majority of the day. I'm sure everyone's been been through like a phase where they're just unmotivated and just want to stick to that one place and stay cozy in their blanket or whatever it may be. I stopped working out the past few months because there was just a lot going on with school and life. But finally, a few weeks ago, I gathered the little bit of motivation I had to start working out again. Got back to playing basketball every evening and just working out but since there's snow outside now i'm only limited to working out inside at home on a side note talking about snow happy winter to everyone i don't know if this is the official date for when winter starts but if there's snow it's winter to me but yes fitness as comforting as it is to stick to your couch stare at your phone or just watch movies all day Being fit can help prevent so many mental health issues, not just physical health. However, we have to keep in mind that these changes aren't going to happen overnight because these are changes that are supposed to last for a really long time, so it takes some effort to get into them as well. But I can go on and on about all the scientific facts behind working out, the dopamine release, the secondary hormones which make you feel happier, but that's not the point. Today, we're going to focus only on diet, which is often overlooked when transitioning into the become fitter stage. And it isn't always exciting to research a healthy or effective meal plan that works for you. I mean, being an athlete myself, I'm usually so focused on the physical aspect of becoming fitter and healthier, and I've never really paid attention to my diet plans, other than the fact that I just load up on a lot of water. Luckily, my mom does an amazing job at managing my family's and my diet plans. So thank you for that, mom. But for those who do not have anyone to rely on for their meal plans, today I had the chance to speak with dietitian and diabetes management specialist, Rupinder, who will give some tips on managing a proper diet in regards to basic fitness and break some myths around dieting. So let's hear what she has to say about these concerns. My first question for you is, often people like cut down food or start fasting to like reduce their weight. Is that an effective way of managing your weight? Um, It is right in certain ways that uh, we have to create somehow the calorie deficit to create weight loss. So for example, to lose one pound of weight, we have to create a deficit of uh, 3,500 kilocalories in a week's time so that we can achieve a weight loss of about pound to pound to one to two pounds a week okay that will break it down to like 500 calories of the weekdays so Mm -hmm. the idea out of this is to reduce 250 with oral consumption and burn out 250 through exercise okay so um yeah like you know if you look at it calorie deficit wave 
cutting down on you know heavy calorie dense food items um empty calories in terms of like co- coke pop yeah. um drag sugar those kind of things does come in handy in those um scenarios so are like um foods such as low fat alternatives or we have like diet cokes and etc are they truly like good for your health or is that just an advertising scheme um in the terms like let's say compare uh, compare let's compare the um coke and diet coke mm-hmm. um diet coke basically in terms of calorie deficit it would create the calorie deficit in terms of because it's not dense in sugar uh, whereas the sugar piece of the coke will be replaced by aspartame in the diet coke which basically is not going to give you calories uh, similar to sugar mm-hmm. but um it is in a chemical at the end of the day so it's not beneficial for your body so ideal situation is not to have both of them mm-hmm. but if you are so much addicted like we go by what what client or a patient brings as a diet routine for them for sometimes people we find are kind of addicted like they have to have a coke daily yeah. then we ask them to switch it to diet coke but if you ask me a perfect scenario we don't recommend either or Okay, so what about which sugar intake and junk food do you usually recommend that you completely stop everything or are you okay to take sugar when you're trying to manage your weight? It is okay to take for so first guideline we try to try to provide people is whatever your current intake is, we ask them to cut it down at least by 50% mm-hmm. uh, in first 4 weeks of time and then gradually try to reduce it to as low as they can go. but as similar to um same situation um we do ask people it's not like end of the um road that you can never have a piece of sugar or never have a piece of sweet or chocolate with in their diet but mm. if you manage say for example you follow your meal plan or you manage your food in a healthy way in a week mm-hmm. time you are entitled to have one or one or maybe two cheat meals um on a weekend okay. that will help the people to suffice their cravings for those kind of items um but junk food yes we do encourage them to reduce it by at least 50% for first 4 weeks and then gradually because any new habit to build we say almost like 3 weeks of time you need and yeah. after 3 weeks of time the body starts to readjust itself to the new routine yeah that makes sense cuz often there's a misconception that you have to completely stop eating such foods and you can never have them again you can never eat out to maintain a healthy diet but it's good to know that you don't need to completely stop yeah you don't need to because my always my my idea of teaching is always um we have to work with what people are willing to do for themselves so i could yeah. be building up a castle for them and they could be sufficed with one small portion of it right so mm-hmm. i find that people are more successful when you work with their lifestyle and educate them how to modify their current scenario to accommodate the healthy food habits rather than be directing them no you can do do this yeah. and you cannot do this so if you leave a little bit room to wiggle around in their food items then they're more likely to stick with it yeah that's really good advice cuz often people are usually scared to start dieting or meal planning because they're worried that they're going to have to change everything they eat in such a big way that it's not possible for them to make that switch And moving on to our next question. So I'm pretty sure you've heard of weight loss pills or drinks. How do you feel about that? So weight loss pills um um 
if i say it correctly there is no way there is no magic pill to lose weight uh, mm-hmm. the idea is that you haven't gained all of that weight in overnight situation and then it's not going to go away in overnight situations mm-hmm. so there is something called medically supervised weight loss there are pills and injectables available that kind of we work in extreme situations mm-hmm. um, we do have um, there's one example is saxenda there's this is an injectable drug that people take once a week but it's usually recommended by the doctor there's a little bit of side effects attached to that in terms of nausea um, vomiting diarrhea sometimes it, there mm-hmm. is different doses available for that mm-hmm. but that also doesn't mean that if you start taking the drug and don't watch what you eat and how you exercise usually those drugs are not able to produce um, the desired results so how these drugs work is they kind of suppress the signals of hunger in your brain and also mm-hmm. um, doesn't let body absorb a lot of calories in terms of carbohydrates from your food items um but there 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 are long term effects for those in terms of side effects and we don't recommend that the easiest way and the long range you can long range you will be able to manage is something called lifestyle changes okay. um, but there are pills available but basically i would not buy anything over the counter if i'm really interested i'll consult uh, there's usually metabolic clinics available around the mm-hmm. gta so we can connect with them and um, they can help us guide through the life weight loss journey from there okay so while i was researching meal plans and etc i've heard the term ketogenic diets come up a lot do you know what ketogenic diets are so ketogenic diets are basically they cut down carbohydrates sometimes the carbs are cut down to basically zero mm-hmm. and they are 60% fat and 40% of the protein combination Okay. So in those diets basically um the idea is to produce a starvation mode in your body where you don't provide the direct energy of carb- from carbohydrates which basically is a primary fuel for human body so yeah. when you create those deficit body will start using your protein your muscle mass um your fat available as a so- primary source of um energy in terms of replacing the glucose in your yeah. energy cycles with the fat and um uh, these uh, in this process a lot of ketone gases are released by the body um this is why the keto world comes from ketone bodies um mm-hmm. so basically it's a very fast way of like people do see fast results with it but mm-hmm. um we don't recommend because certain times when people are diabetic their sugars will fluctuate massively with these kind of diets so i would also suggest that um um you have to gain proper knowledge of uh, keto diet before you're going to step into people often misconfuse it with going very very high protein uh, whereas not not having enough fat which is basically not the ketogenic diet mm-hmm. but very very high fat uh, protein diets end up um, creating a problem with your kidneys down the road so oh, we don't recommend them for longer period of time less like say month to month maybe up to 6 months you can follow but eventually you'll have to come back to your lifestyle management oh, okay i see and how do you manage macronutrients and micronutrients when you're planning such meals uh usually we have guidelines that are issued by uh, dietitians of canada so basically in a, in a given diet uh we go from um, uh, 45 to 65% of energy is supposed to come from carbohydrates and then we go from 15 to 30% more um from the protein and 25% i think is through the fat intake oh, and okay. micronutrients are usually we we pay atten- enough attention that there's enough servings of 
vegetables and fruits through the diet to mm -hmm. make up for the micronutrients in terms of vitamins and minerals. And so do you often also prescribe like dietary supplements when there's any deficiency in such uh, macro? Yeah, generally um, people like to su supplement um, a lot without even having an actual knowledge of it. So when we prescribe the um, the supplements, we always look for blood work first and we only recommend if you actually deficient in it. So generally in the younger population in Canadian environment, we we do recommend now vitamin D, like every adult through the winter months supposed to have it, yeah. a thousand international unit, because majority of the Canadians as adults uh, are also considered deficient in vitamin D. Um, and then uh, that is, I think, the only one that default everybody can take through the winter months because of lack of mm -hmm. sunlight. Uh, but others, we, we do go by like checking the B12 levels, iron levels, vitamin D, calcium, and uh, unnecessary um, Taking the vitamins is not recommended because all the water soluble, you're going to pee them out. Mm -hmm. And uh, additional fat soluble vitamins, you will, your body will accum accumulate and uh, you can end up getting like toxicity from them. So make sure you consult your doctor before you consider any kind of supplements. Yeah, I know even for myself, I have vitamin D prescribed before I never mm -hmm. took it. But then recently I found out that I'm deficient in it. So yeah. yeah. You're finding with like, there's no um, research, uh, I guess we come across, but more of the observational studies we find, like whenever we ask somebody to check and you, it's a paid test, it's not covered through OHIP anymore. Yeah. So if you go and check your vitamin D, majority of the adult population in, in Canada is deficient. So we have started recommending it to pretty much everybody who comes to the clinic. And is there like a reason behind this as to why there's... Uh, it, I think it's just the fact that like we don't get enough sunlight for winter months and your body makes its own vitamin D yeah. when your sunlight falls on your skin. So when we don't get enough sunlight and with the thicker clothing, the sun rays don't penetrate deep enough that your body will, is, is able to make that. So uh, this is why vitamin D has to be taken. Canadian government did take an initiative that our milk in Canada cannot be sold in the market without fortification of vitamin D. Okay. But I guess people are not consuming enough milk products. That's why they become deficient in them. And also just for a personal um, question that I just was thinking about right now, what is the difference when it comes between the percentages of milk? Like how does that benefit you when you're trying to control your weight? So generally we, we um, let's say uh, there's usually three types of milk available in yeah. the market i'm not considering creams here but there's mm -hmm. home milk which is 3.25 percent there's two percent there's one percent there's skim milk so mm -hmm. skim and one percent are considered low fat so basically about 250 ml of each of those cups will give you about 90 to 110 calories um, mm -hmm. whereas the homo milk is considered uh, appropriate for the children under the age of five because it's heavier in fat and those children require fat-rich diets because their growth spurts are more higher. Mm -hmm. um, a general population who's not struggling with weight, who's not struggling with any of the um, metabolic syndromes, basically diabetes, weight issues, and high cholesterol, um, mm -hmm. they are okay to take 2%. But many of us are under that umbrella. So we generally recommend 1% to skim milk uh, in their diets. Oh, okay. That's good to know. Yeah. And so how do you, how should you plan out your meals? Cause I've heard both sides. I've heard some people say that you should have like 
three proper meals throughout the day and limit your snacking, whereas other people are saying that you should have little amounts of food throughout the day. So which one do you truly recommend? Um, it's entirely up to the person. We Because um, we come across two kind of people who, one, they are, we call them munchers, like they like to have little snacks throughout the day. Mm. Uh, or if you have a habit of nibbling, uh, then I would rather put a structured snack in place between the meals rather than my hands are going into the meals all the time. Yeah. Uh, perfect scenario is where um, where you have three proper meals and try to avoid snacking in between. Mm-hmm. Um, you can have a bedtime snack. Um, um, basically, if your dinner is done three hours before going to bed, the bedtime snack will usually when it's structured, meaning like when you plan that snack, um, you're more likely not to um, grab any junk food in place. For example, like if I have a apple and maybe a piece of cheese that's a more structured snack so instead of like going my hands into chips when I'm watching a tv or something so this is what we encourage um the meals uh, needs to be done on time so basically if you try to do breakfast lunch and dinner the rule number one with the breakfast is it needs to be in the body within the first hour of waking up then you space your meals from the first meal to four to six hours apart uh, basically from lunch to dinner and from breakfast to lunch, both meals, you can space them up by four to six hours of time. Mm-hmm. And the snack should be halfway through the meal. So let's say if I do my breakfast at eight, then my lunch should be somewhere between 12 to two o'clock and my snack between those two meals should be around 10, 10, 10. That's really good to know. I love how our school systems are set up Yeah, very close to that schedule. Mm-hmm. No, that's really good. And one bonus question that I'll end with, which was um, asked by a few of our listeners. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips to make Indian food more healthier? Because we're usually more on the fatty and oily side of things. Yeah. So generally for, um, you know, our staple is our roti. So yeah. we generally recommend to uh, people to store, uh, use the whole wheat or multigrain flour. Mm-hmm. Um, try to, um, there's a measure we use it. For example, like, you know, in food world, we try to standardize every item against a slice of bread so that we can look for consistency in terms of calories and nutrients mm-hmm. and stuff. So if you make the dough of the flour and then uh, kind of put it in a measuring cup, like one cup of dough should be able to make five rotis out of it. Then mm-hmm. that small roti will become equivalent in terms of calorie and nutrients equal to a slice of whole grain bread. Okay. Right? So that will help to standardize the size of roti because um, uh, in Indian culture, usually mothers or grandmothers try to feed people or family members by like food is their their showing of love, right? They try yeah. to stuff you in until you stop breathing yeah. yourself. So um, we generally recommend to lower the size of roti so you can control the amount of carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Then every meal should uh, come up with the source of protein. Because general tendency I see in the clinic is either we make sabji one day or we make dal one day, yeah. whereas the both play different role. Dal is your source of protein, whereas okay. sabji is your source of your micronutrients. So there should be both of them present. But sometimes we don't have time. We all are working uh, females. Most of us are. Mm-hmm. So uh, we recommend, okay, so if I made the roti today or if I made a dal today, there's not enough vegetable available. Maybe I need to cut up a salad today. So other way around, if I make the sabji today, 
and then I don't have any protein plant, uh, I could have like quarter to half a cup of nuts to replace my protein. Or uh, I could do, um, let's say, three inch square, three to four inch square pieces of cheese or paneer to go to compensate my protein. So in general, we find most of the time protein is lacking in our diet. Yeah. Whereas protein is required for growth and development at every stage of the every stage of life. Yeah. So um, yes, you need to have your carb source in your meal. You need to have your protein. Lots of like half of the other side of the plate should be filled up with your salad um, uh, or a vegetable source and a little half a cup or a cup of yogurt or a glass of milk to go on the side. So that that would bring majority four to five food groups together in one meal. Yeah, that's very impressive to know. Um, it was very lovely speaking to you. I personally have learned a lot and I hope others learn a lot too because these aren't often things that you hear about or even if you're searching for your own meal plan, there are a very mixed opinions online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So of course it's recommended to speak to a dietitian personally because everyone's unique, but these are good facts to have in the back of your mind. Thank you so much for speaking no with problem. me today. No problem. It's crazy how there's so much we sometimes overlook, including the basic necessities of our life, in this case food, which is our primary energy source. Whether you're a professional athlete, fitness trainer, or just trying to become the healthiest version of yourself and just be trying to become happier in a mental state, what you put inside of you is extremely valuable and requires a lot of attention because after all, we are what we eat. Hopefully you learned something beneficial today, like I did myself, and this can kickstart your diet planning. A special shout out to Sarvesh, who was very curious on how to make Indian meals healthier. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of A Checkup on Healthcare. Be sure to visit our Instagram at Checkup on Healthcare, as there may be a potential giveaway soon. Wink, wink. And if you do hear this from me right now, be sure to text me and I'll keep that in mind when selecting a potential winner. Stay tuned for next month's episode as it is the last one of this year. Crazy how time flies. Take care, be safe, and make sure to check up on your health every day.